What's it like heading up production of the UK's best-selling cask beer? Producing in excess of 1 million pints each week, coupled with a host of other beers, is no small feat. Alongside that, you're managing a team of some 32 brewers to ensure your whole operation goes smoothly. It would be enough to keep most people up at night. But thankfully for Sharp's Brewery in Rock, Cornwall, their head brewer, Erin McClaw, takes it all in his stride. Hello, and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. And I'm Velo Mitrovich. Sharp's Brewery was founded by Bill Sharp back in 1994. The following year, Bill Sharp would go on to create a new beer by blending two of his originals, the malt-driven Sharp's own, with Cornish Coaster, a lighter citrus number. He would name it Doombar, after a sandbar at the mouth of the estuary of River Camel, where it meets the Celtic Sea on the north coast of Cornwall in England. It was a beer that helped Sharp's Brewery grow and grow, eventually catching the attention of new investors. Because in 2003, Nick Baker and Joe Kahan bought the business. Baker was a lawyer who owned R&B Foods, while Kohan was a biochemist and accountant. The duo worked on R&D for pasta sauce company Dolmio. Volumes continued to grow at an impressive rate, and come 2011, Sharps had been courted by another interested party. Ten years is a long time. And in beer, it's something of a lifetime. Speaking back in 2009, Baker expressed his ambitions for Doombar to become a national cask beer brand. A little more than a decade on, and that beer, a 4% amber-coloured sessionable bitter, is the best-selling cask beer in the UK. Under the stewardship of Molson Coors, who acquired the brewery from Baker and Kohan in 2011, Doombar has become a mainstay in countless pubs, bars and restaurants. In its production is overseen by head brewer Aaron McClure, while it's by no means the only beer brewed at Sharp's Brewery, it certainly accounts for the majority of production at the Cornish business. And aged 32, it's arguably a major undertaking for McClure. After eight years with Sharp's, he was promoted to the head brewer role back in 2019. He certainly worked his way to get there. I've been predominantly based in the Southwest my whole life. I'm a Nuki boy, proud Nuki boy. And I, I ended up studying biology at the University of Exeter. So I always had that underlying interest in, in science. And after graduation, I, I stumbled into brewing, probably like quite a, quite a few people, to be honest. Um, at that sort of age, didn't, didn't know what I wanted to do other than utilize my biology degree. And there was a, a job going you know, local down here in Cornwall at Sharps as a lab technician and applied for the role, had an interview with Stuart Howe, told him my favourite beer was Foster's and um, unsurprisingly I didn't get the role. And then about four days later, he phoned me up and said, look, um, don't think you're right for the lab, but would love love to have you in brewing. So that, that was the start of my Sharps career. Yeah, for the first 18 months, I, I was a brewer. I was learning my trade in the brewery, working all sorts of, all sorts of shifts and hours of the day. Yeah, learned, learned the cellaring process. Quickly realised that a huge part of brewing is cleaning and hygiene standards are paramount. And that, that was drummed into me from, 
an early age, 22 was when I started at Sharps. Progressed into the brew house, again, learned how to brew and started to fall in love with brewing and, and quickly recognised that, that my biology degree and that scientific background strongly applied to, to the brewing the brewing world, you know, not just the lab role that I'd initially applied for. And yeah, began to inquire more with, with Stuart, our head brewer at the time, about progressing my career and what options were out there. And the Institute of Brewing and Distilling, the IBD, uh, came up many times. And uh, in 2014, I registered for module one and module two of my diploma. Uh, and that really, allowed me to take that next step in my career. So I registered for the diploma. At the same time at Sharps Brewery, I, I, was, I was fortunate to be promoted into a team leader role. So whilst in my spare time, weekends, evenings, I was, I was learning the science and, and the process behind brewing. I had my head in the textbook the whole time. During the day, I was very much learning about people management and that's all the time I was around 24, 25 years of age and the workforce, the brewing team were, were, were varying ages and um, I was learning the, the, the subtleties of, of people management as a, as a young, relatively inexperienced brewer, which um, was, was just as much of a learning experience as a, as a scientific study. Promoted to technical brewer in 2015 and after about a year in that role, was very much chucked in at the deep end. Head brewer at the time, Stuart left for business and I was probably still, I, I applied for the role. I was still probably a bit too young and inexperienced at the time, but for the period that we were out of head brewer, I, I learned a huge amount. You know, there was a lot of challenges. We were installing a, a new brew house at the time and then spent the following following five years as, as, as technical brewer. And in that, in that time, I was repositioned in various secondments. So I was repositioned in, a, in an operations role for, for nine months as maternity cover, as covering our operations brewer. Uh, and then opportunity came up within the Molson Coors network to cover technical brewing manager at Burton Wood Brewery. So again, I took that and all of those secondments, all those opportunities I, I took with the ambition of, of becoming head brewer. McClure knew the opportunity to test himself in a new brewing environment would help progress his career, but it was also important to strike a work-life balance, so decisions needed to be made. Ultimately, looking back, 100% it was the right decision. It did, did wonders for my career, so I was very conscious of the fact that my whole brewing career had been based at Sharps, and my experience was very... Okay, it was in depth. I know, I know our brewery inside out, back to front, but it was it was limited to that one site, that one team, and I really wanted to to, to get a greater experience at, at different breweries, different operations. It's the same process, but there's so many subtleties and nuances to each brewery that that, that make it unique. And for me, uh, it really helped with my my people management development. Totally different group of guys. They didn't know me. Yeah, but we, we, weren't, we weren't kind of experienced. We didn't know each other well. And, and it was really forming those relationships, understanding those ways of working. And, and my job was ultimately to get, get the most out of them 
and and my always the mantra is, is so long as your workforce is engaged and enjoy what they do and believe in what you're what you're telling them and instructing them, then they'll work very hard for you. And I always say to to any of my employees or people that report into me is if you work hard for me, I work incredibly hard for you. Uh, it's a two way street. His time at Burtonwood Brewery would allow McClure to develop his people management skills as well as present him the opportunity to work with a wealth of new ingredients and product lines. So there's a people management piece which which really helped me develop in in that area. And in terms of the operation, the brewing technicalities, it was dealing with different products, a lot more complex SKU range. There was 21 different routine SKUs, lots of different yeast management challenges, uh, operational challenges procurement challenges there's so many different raw materials and ingredients being used for various recipes and then lots of lots of stakeholders to manage so um the, the main beer brewed up at burtonwood was blue moon they also contract brewed a lot of sharps products which i obviously had an invested interest in but likewise there was there was contract brewing for 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 other um other businesses so it, it was keeping everybody everybody happy in that regard. And um, the brewing of Blue Moon, the brewing of ginger beers, which we did up there, uh, just really opened my eyes to, to different ingredients, different techniques, different styles. So, um, yeah, fast, fantastic opportunity. And, and looking back on it, I wouldn't change it for a world. From a personal perspective... Uh, it was a huge challenge there. It was the the, the weekly commute at, at the weekends from from Cornwall to Warrington, which is about a six seven hour drive. Uh, and then my wife had not long given birth to our first child, so uh, I took this as a comment when when she was two months old. So um, there were some challenges personally, but um, ultimately it's worked out worked out very well. And again, looking back, I wouldn't change it. While some brewers have only worked for independent breweries, some have worked for breweries that went on to become acquired by multinationals. For McClaw, his only experience in brewing is working for Molson Coors, and he's continually impressed with the level of investment and support on offer to him and his team. I joined Sharps in September 2011, and in February 2011, Sharps was acquired by Molson Coors, so I joined around six months into the acquisition. And to begin with, as I said, I was new to brewing. I wasn't particularly, you know, I didn't have an interest in whether it was a global brewer or, or an independent brewer. And for the first few years, whilst I was learning my trade, I didn't really feel any, any, anything there, you know, that I didn't really notice any difference. And I think for the first five years, we were very much, Sharps was very much left to its own devices independently. There was a lot of financial investment to the tune of, for those first five years, it was around 20 million pounds. So there was a huge amount of financial investment in brewery, a huge amount of growth uh, very quickly, but it was predominantly left to its own devices. So managed by a head brewer, our general manager, our other department managers, brand managers, etc. And then from about 2015 onwards, that, that growth, the brewery was around around 250,000 hectolitres per year. And we needed to tap into that external resource. You know, Molson Coors have got world-class 
policies, procedures, world-class procurement teams, and a, and a massive amount of knowledge within within the Molson Cause network from a, a technical brewing perspective, a people management perspective. They've got some of the best people policies around it. They're a global brewer in terms of people management, engagement, employee well-being. It, it's fantastic and they've won numerous awards and Sharps have since won numerous awards on on people management. And why, why wouldn't you tap into to that resource when you've grown so quickly from a capacity point of view, all of the other functions around that growth need to keep up. As he continues to grow within his role at Sharps, so does McClure's understanding of the position the Cornish brewer plays within the Molson Coors network. So for me, you know, it's, it's about getting that balance right. And I'm not going to lie, there has been times where I've been frustrated that there's more processes to go through, particularly earlier in my career. You know, there's more processes to follow. Um, but actually, as I've, as I've become more experienced and more mature, I fully recognize that they're, they're there for a purpose and it's to make sure that we're doing things right, we've got control, we're keeping our people safe, we're keeping our customers safe. And actually, we, we've got that resource. We are in that fortunate position where we've got a breadth of knowledge, but we've also got a wealth of resource in specialist areas. And we need to use that to do things to the best of our abilities. Working to the best of his ability alongside the team of 32 brewers he manages is most definitely required when producing the high volumes of Doombar they produce each and every week. But McClure doesn't let those figures phase him. No, it, I, don't, I don't find it daunting. My, for, for me, whilst I'm in, in this head brewer role, this was always, always my ambition from about three years into my career. And... Um, I'm extremely proud to be here and, and my ambition or my my desire is to keep Doombar at the number one spot, the number one selling car scale in the UK, keep that consistent and, and, and that quality. I don't find it daunting. I love a challenge. I'm an extremely competitive person, competitive with myself because I don't think it's right to be competitive with certainly other people because we all need those opportunities and and, and it's all about supporting one another. But I'm extremely competitive and um, I enjoy, enjoy that. And Sharps adopt that collective can-do attitude to ensure beers like Doombar play a key role in a challenging cask beer market. It's a topic that's heavily discussed in the brewery between myself, our, our brands teams, our commercial teams. And yeah, car, we, we're, we're all going to say a cask is unique to the UK. It, it's a lovely thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's beer and it's purest form and and we need to work hard to protect that and um yeah you look at the sales figures the stats across the uk and the cast beer market is declining i think doom bar is declining less uh, than than the trend uh, which in, in some ways is is positive but it's still declining and still still not right not where we want to be and we have done lots of studies into why and, 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 and really try to understand the customer consumer buying habits and yeah one of the one of the things we released a few years back was was doom bar extra chilled mixed mixed reaction in the industry but actually lots of that research that we did was that it was it was too warm and they wanted it colder so we're giving them what we want and I think it, it's 
you know, we can, we can try with iterations like that to, to spark interest or, or debate, you know, as so long as if people are talking about it and discussing it, then it's great because it's, it's at, at the front of people's minds. Um, so it's, it's looking at ways to, to innovate and, and keep it, keep it fresh and, and alive and also celebrate it a lot more. While being the guardian of a brand like Doombar is a major privilege for McClure, he is equally driven by the opportunity to innovate with other beers within the Sharp stable, especially when it comes to new releases that were put on hold due to the pandemic. Innovation is, is really important, whether that's, that's me as the head brewer of Sharps or, or some of my team members who are only 18 months into their career. That, that's, that's what a lot of brewers want to do, their own beers. They want to do more. They want to learn more from them. And... At Sharps, we've got that opportunity with a pilot plant. And um, I think part of that, you know, we need to accept that actually we're not going to have as much of that compared to, to a craft brewer where there's no limits, far less processes and, and, uh, and whatnot to go through. But I think the, the great opportunity that, that we've got here is, okay, we might not be able to turn out as many beers week after week, month after month for some of the, the smaller, more dynamic brewers. But we've got that opportunity to really create the next big thing in terms of serious volume, serious space on, on, a, on a bar or, or supermarket shelf and being able to say, you know, I, I was part of that. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons that, that strives us on. Coming out of this pandemic, at this time of the year, 2021, some of that we've we've had to sort of just take a back step on. Not all of it. There's still key strategic areas for, for us to go at. We've just released a new premium cider and there's still lots of lots of innovation in the pipeline in beer and beyond beer. But it's also important to recognise and I think most, I'm pretty sure all businesses do, that, that during the pandemic... A lot of it was about survival, uh, and it was about you know preserving preserving the business, preserving the income of the business, and preserving its people. And certainly, myself, the whole team at Sharps, and the whole team across the Molson Coors network, throughout the pandemic over the last eighteen months, every single person was paid hundred percent of their salary, whether they were working or not. And that personal support we've had from the whole business and the business made extreme sacrifices in other areas but its priority was to support and pay its people full making no redundancies is extremely valued by all of us there's two and a half thousand people in the Molson Coors network 140 people at Sharps and if you include all their all their families their children everything on top of that their livelihoods have all been protected so coming out of this pandemic we fully understand uh, i fully understand that, that that we need to get back this that, this business back to winning ways innovation does form part of that in terms of bringing it back to winning ways but it's about working smart prioritizing looking after you looking after your, your cash and, and spending wisely and yes we're still innovating yes it has slowed down to some extent but 2022 and 2023 and beyond, I fully expect that to get back to, to how we've been operating in the past and on our pilot brewery. And when it comes to creating new beers at Sharps, McClure underpins each with quality and consistency. 
attributes he looks for in any beer he drinks. It, it might sound cheesy, but it, it's something that's unique, has its own place, is probably established in that place because it's quality and, and, it, and it's consistent. Those are the, probably the, the, the characters for me, that, that uniqueness, which, which can often be difficult to do when there's huge amounts of innovation, which is a fantastic thing. But it's that quality and that consistency. And ultimately, beer is just, it's just down to people's preference, whether you're a beer geek or, or, or you're, you're an average Joe. Um, <laughs> it, it, there's no right or wrong answer. And, and yeah, I, I said it earlier on that um, my first ever interview at Sharps, it was uh, my favorite beer was Foster's. And that was because I hadn't really experienced the brewing world prior to that. And I just want to, Make it clear that that's not my beer style now, but actually, do you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. If you like going to the pub and drinking Fosters, then guess what? It's still brewed using the same vessels, a brew house, a fermenter, a conditioning tank. It's still brewed in the same way. And from knowing people at, at some of the really big breweries in, in Burton-on-Pont-Trent and, and elsewhere like Manchester, they're just as passionate brewers just as knowledgeable, if not more knowledgeable, because they've got all of that resource. And um, yeah, yeah, ultimately it's just down to if you like the beer or not, there's nothing right or wrong about, about beer. At 32, McClure has already achieved a great deal within brewing, but he's in no mood to rest on his laurels. Instead, it's a case of working out how best to progress and develop both himself and the team he's responsible for. That's a really tough question. And it's a question I've asked myself, on many occasion, spent a few years in, in brewing, joined at 22 at Sharps. And within a couple of years, I, I was enrolling in my IBD diploma. And my ambition was always to become head brewer from that point on. And at the time, I, my self-confidence wasn't probably as, as high as what it is now. And I wasn't even sure if that was achievable. And then here I am eight years later and, and we're there. And, um, yeah, it was an extremely proud moment for myself, but somebody who is competitive, very self-critical, I'm always thinking, what's next? What next? What, how do I need to prove myself? What, what do I need to do here? And I've got to head brewer, and I think I've established myself in the role now. We're just over two years in. I feel comfortable, confident in, in what I do, how I lead my team, the the way I present myself to my team and my, my colleagues in, in the wider business, the commercial team uh, and within the industry. And I, I've asked myself that question a lot in terms of what I want to do. And one of my big passions at the minute is, is developing people and my team. I've had a lot of opportunities to develop, to develop beers and as a brewer, as we've said, that's that's brilliant. Absolutely loved it. I've learned huge amounts from it, but I've, I've done loads now. And um, yeah, you, you, it's a never ending learning journey, but actually what I'm really enjoying and what I really value is, is watching my team develop. And I've had a lot of team members sit there. IBD, general certificate, lots of them have passed. We've had credits, we've had um, distinctions, which have been extremely proud Likewise, I've got team members sitting the diploma and team members sitting the master brewer all through the IBD. 
something we took on just at the start of the pandemic was an apprenticeship scheme for a company called HIT and they collaborate with the University of Nottingham. I think it's fairly new to the industry, but it's always it's already started to be quite well recognised. And what what the apprenticeship scheme does is is not everybody is head in the textbook academic, and in fact, lots of brewers it's all a hands-on role, and the apprenticeship applies that that hands-on practicality, which lots of people, particularly in the brewing industry, learn better from. Uh, than just reading the textbook, so it, it's kind of uh, mixing the two worlds together, and, and and it's a great learning resource for for people that learn that way. And with that, he stresses the importance of bringing new people through, because these people will be the stars of tomorrow, the next technical brewer, the next head brewer. You need that. It's what engages people that 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 first for learning, that opportunity to to succeed and better yourself. So I'm very much focused on that, but the head brewer role in itself, I I'm, continue to ask those questions and I continue to to learn, enjoy the role, develop and, you know, Stuart was my mentor. He built himself a, a fantastic sort of reputation in the industry for some of the beers he did. And just looking across across Cornwall at, at St. Hostel and, and the, the, their old head brewer of uh, Roger Ryman and the legacy he left was was phenomenal. He was a phenomenal brewer and if I can achieve anything like what he did or, or what Stuart did, I'd be, be a very proud man. So for me, it's about just building that legacy by contributing to the industry, contributing to my team, winning awards with the beers, developing my people, working with the IBD, working with industry professionals like yourself and just generally promoting beer. The Brewer's Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. And me, Velo Mitrovic. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision is by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. Special thanks to Aaron McClaw, Rachel Williams and Ed Hughes at Sharps Brewery.